You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. Forty-nine's Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey family. I'm Al Sacco with Brian Rennick and our guest. If you follow the NFL, he really needs no introduction. He is a legend in the business who's been covering the league for decades. You can find him on NBC Sports and his podcast, the Peter King Podcast. He is the legendary Peter King. Peter, thank you so much for giving us some time. Al, Brian, my pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me. So, Peter, I have to start out. I'm a writer at heart. You know, I kind of got sucked into this podcast thing as it's the medium now, as most of us have. But me, like a lot of people, I've, I've read your Monday morning column for years and years, and it's, it's one of my favorites. And when I was thinking of questions to ask you, like, all right, I'm reading this column at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. on the East Coast. And the last game ended about eight hours ago. And I'm thinking to myself, does this guy sleep? Like, how does he put this column together? So I wanted to ask you about the process of that column, how it comes together. Is it something you're working on throughout the day? Is it a crunch time thing when the last game ends? How does that column come together for you from Sunday to Monday? Well, basically what happens is uh, the column is developed over a like a, I don't know, 27 year span, I guess now. I think that's how long I've been doing it. I did it as Monday morning quarterback for Sports Illustrated Mm -hmm. starting in 97. So I did it there for 21 years or so, I guess. But anyway, um, so honestly, uh, you know, over the years, kind of been a labor of love because I, I just sort of view this as sort of my repository to put everything I've heard, everything I know, everything I think that week about the NFL. And then there are some life things in there as well. But what I basically do is I start the column like on Friday, I'll get up and and maybe I'll uh, answer some of the email in the column. Uh, you know, I'll put that in the column. I'll do two or three sections of the column <coughs> and I'll have that done by end of day Friday. Um, 
in between making a bunch of phone calls and and doing some interviews and then I write much of Saturday. So by the end of Saturday, by the time I go to bed, I've got maybe 4,500 words done on the column, mm-hmm. all the stuff that isn't really timeless or related to the games. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, on, on Sunday morning, I take Chuck the dog for about a four mile walk in my neighborhood in Brooklyn um, and just try not to listen to anything really. Or maybe I'll listen to a non-sports podcast. I'm a true crime podcast guy. Um, yeah. I'm listening to the, the Rob Reiner podcast on the Kennedy Kennedy conspiracy theories now. So, you know, I mean, I but I just try to get away from it. Uh, and then, you know, and I don't watch the pregame shows. Not that I don't like them, but, you know, enough already. Um, <laughs> and then... I mostly have the red zone and one game on during the day because really it's hard. You know, like I had the 49ers Eagles game on the other day. You had to, you had to have that on for the whole game, but Mm -hmm. usually there's one game of the day that I really want to watch for whatever reason. So I'll have red zone and then that game on. And uh, after the one o'clock games, there's usually maybe three lines I put in the water to go interview somebody after a game last week, I think it was Jared Goff uh, after the Lions win and a couple others, um, Kevin Stefanski. So, and anyway, this week it was, I knew that I was going to write the majority of my column on the Niners Eagles game, whatever happened. So um, made a lot of notes about the game, talked to Christian McCaffrey uh, just before they left Philly to fly back. And then it's just a matter of sprinting to the finish, honestly, to just write as fast as you can. I, I have an interesting theory about writer's block. My theory about writer's block is that's somebody who doesn't have a 10,000 word column to write and it's got to be done <laughs> at 2 30 AM. You know, so you just have to get is, it done. Yeah. yeah. What I do is I just write the next sentence. I mean, I don't try to make it William Faulkner. I just write the next sentence. And if it's crappy, maybe one or two of the sentences I write during the course of the week won't be crappy. But this week, a <laughs> little bit of, a, an, of an exception. I had a little bit of a, of a screed against David Tepper, the Panthers. That was done uh, Saturday night. And I had a long a bit about the 60th anniversary of the greatest army navy game ever which a lot of people say why are you writing about the army navy game in a in an nfl column and the answer is because i want to um because it's interesting mm-hmm. and it's really interesting and so anyway that's kind of how how it works and and by i used to write until about 4 30 and then i just said this is horrible for my health, first of all. <laughs> and I feel like crap. And I don't know how you can make sense of anything at 3.30 in the morning after Delirious. being up all day, working all day. So I now have a, have a deadline set of 2.30 in the morning Eastern time, and I will not write after that. So that's kind of the, the short version of it. Uh, yeah, so that's it. I love it. You were talking about the anniversary of that uh, Army-Navy game. And uh, 49ers fans experienced uh, an anniversary yesterday. Yesterday was 
one year to the day that uh, Brock Purdy entered that Dolphins game for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think if you told anyone back then that a year later he'd have the kind of success that he's had uh, since taking over the reins, uh, I think most people probably would have thought you were crazy. I think most people – I know I was at that Dolphins game, that Dolphins 49ers game, and Garoppolo went down and my heart sunk because I was like, Brock Hurdy is coming Who's Who's this kid? Like Your heart sunk because what, you thought this is a really good team in the season. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I bet and, that's what Kyle Shanahan thought too. Well, and, and it seems like maybe, but also it really genuinely seems like that team knew what they had in Brock Purdy prior to him even yeah. entering that Dolphins game. And they had a lot of confidence in him. And I, I think that's, again, speaks volumes about who the kid is. Yeah. Um, but, but here we are a year later. And when you look at the numbers, Brock Purdy is having an MVP worthy season. And he looks like the long-term answer in San Francisco. Um, what are your thoughts on Purdy and, and why he's been so successful? Um. 46 starts or 47 at Iowa state. Um, I mean, think about this between the time that Trey Lance was graduated from high school and the time he was traded to the Dallas Cowboys collectively, he had thrown 400 and something passes that's in college and pro football. Yeah. Okay. Brock Purdy threw whatever he threw, 1,900 passes in four years in college. Mm -hmm. And what was great about his career is that he played for what wasn't a great team. Now, he made them very competitive at Iowa State. But, and a lot of us, I think, have gone back and asked Matt Campbell this question. You know, the coach at Iowa State, how did this happen? Matt Campbell told me an incredible story when I called him last year about him. He goes... You know, I put sort of an ode to Brock Purdy on everyone's stools in his senior year last year at Iowa State when he was leaving because I just wanted everybody to know. I wrote something really kind of nice about him. And I wanted everybody in that locker room to know, everybody in this program to know that it's Brock Purdy who lifted us up so that we can be in the top 25 so that people don't laugh at us anymore. It's Brock Purdy. And so, but the great thing, Kittle told me this too, uh, last year during the season when he was just starting his, his journey, Kittle said, I think there's a great value to come out of a place where you lost a lot because Mm. you don't have everything handed to you. You've got to build it. And so he's used to really doing the dirty work. And a lot of times in this offense, A guy, everybody, you know, I think the laughable thing about Brock Purdy is that uh, I think everybody believes that Brock Purdy is system quarterback, just plug him in. Anybody can do this in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, Well, how did C.J. Beathard do? How did Nick Mullins do? And they had moments, they had moments. How did Brian Hoyer do? How did Garoppolo do? Now, Garoppolo had some very good moments. And yeah. I'm not dogging in any way Garoppolo, but there is no comparison between the performance of Garoppolo over a long period of time and the 21 game performance of Brock Purdy so far. Brock Purdy is a legitimate MVP candidate. Um, 
and and look, you asked about that. Yeah, I I have one of the fifty votes for mm-hmm. MVP. I wrote my column this week that as of now, which means nothing because there are right. five games left. You don't know what's going to happen. But as of now, he would be number one on my ballot. Now, wow. having said that, I still am going to have to think very seriously about it for this big reason. When Trent Williams and Debo Samuel were down, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy played three games without them both, you know, when, mm-hmm. when both of them were out or one or both was out, excuse right. me. Yeah. Uh, and he lost all three. Mm-hmm. He threw a terrible interception at Minnesota that probably cost him the game. And they only scored 17 points in each game. So that's a mark against Brock Purdy for MVP. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't an MVP lift a diminished team? And the answer is yes. So I don't know how I'll vote on January 6th or 7th, whatever it is. But as of now, in total, uh, he'd be my no- <laughs> my uh, <clears throat> number one guy. And, and really, you say, what's the biggest reason? I think it's putting up 42 on each of the best two teams in the NFC mm-hmm. aside from the 49ers. Yeah. And as, as an MVP voter, I, I did want to follow up with this question. Um, you know, it really does seem like over the last decade, you could even say since 2001, since 2001, there's only been three non quarterbacks to win MVP awards. All three of them were running backs. It was Sean Alexander, LaDainian Tomlinson and uh, Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. And uh, this year, it, only it been definitely... one in the last last 15 years. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so it really does seem like it has become more. You could call it the MVP or the I, I called it in a column uh, that released today about my case for Brock Purdy as MVP. The QOT uh, BT award, the quarterback of the best team award, because that's really what it seems like it has. It, it has become largely. Do you feel like with the way that quarterback play has been this season, which is, I'm not going to say it's down, but, but also I, I it does seem a, a little it bit is down. down. Um, could this be a year where we see a non-quarterback like a Christian McCaffrey or a Tyreek Hill uh, win the MVP award? Well, in the last six years, this is relevant to your, to your point in the last six years, every most valuable player has been a quarterback from a top seeded team in one of the conferences. And in the last 10 years, it's been a quarterback from either the top one or two seed in one of the two conferences. So it is that. Um, And if let's say Tyreek Hill smashes Calvin Johnson's record of 1964, 1964 receiving yards, and it seems like he will. If mm-hmm. he goes way over 2,000, I could see him getting a lot of sentiment as the first non-quarterback to win it uh, since Adrian Peterson uh, 11 years ago. But I, th- I think I would, I would kind of make this, this point overall about it. And I'm not saying I won't vote for Tyreek Hill. I might, but I'm not sure that I want to make a vote or cast a vote rather for the number one most valuable player and base it on uh, a record 
not only set in a 17 game season, but mm. on a record on a team where if you asked Mike McDaniel right now, you gave him sodium pentothal and asked him this question, got a big game this Sunday and I am the injury God and I am taking one player out of your lineup, Tyreek Hill or Tua Tonga-Valoa. Who do you want me to take so that you'll have the best chance to win? Mike McDaniel would never say this publicly, but he would take Tyreek Hill, take him out, because he would think that we have a better chance to win this game without Tyreek, but with Tua Tonga-Valoa. That's no knock against Tyreek. You can say that about almost any team. And that is the issue that I have with anybody being critical of the MVP voting. And look, I'm no, you know, disciple of it. People, if the other 49 people feel differently, that's all right. I'm one, I'm one vote, but the word is not most outstanding player. That might be Tyreek Hill, might be Christian Mm -hmm. McCaffrey. The word Mm -hmm. is most valuable player. And if tomorrow Uh, if for some big playoff game, the 49ers had to play Sam Darnold, I'm not saying they would lose. I'm not in any way. I'm just saying that I think that would be the toughest guy to replace Brock Purdy in their lineup. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Peter, last question we had for you. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have taken what might have been the worst roster in the league in 2017, and they've, they've turned it into a perennial Super Bowl contender. There's been some mistakes along the way. Every, every team has them. But when you look at the talent they've acquired, not only on the field, but on the sidelines, three different coaches are head coaches now. 
in the front office, guys that are running other teams. They've done such a tremendous job. And I know you spent time with them. Why do you think this partnership has worked so well? Um, I think I'll give you, uh, this is the best example. And then I do want to go back and tell you one story. I was very fortunate because I convinced uh, Kyle Shanahan and uh, John Lynch and Jed York to allow me to sit in their draft room uh, during the first round in 2017, their first draft. So I I feel like I got a good sense of how they worked, okay? So I'll tell you a story from this year, and then I want to transition back to 2017. And my story is, you know, in March of this year, maybe late February, the 49ers truly had no intention, no intention whatsoever of, um, you know, of basically doing anything (coughs) other than maintenance in free agency. They just didn't have the money and they wanted to save money to make sure they could sign all their guys in the future. Okay. But Kyle Shanahan poked his head into John Lynch's office one day and he goes, man, I, I'd love to get involved with Javon Hargrave. I, I, he could make us so much better. I want to get back to the way our defense was in 2019, where we had so many guys we could come at you in waves, blah, blah, blah. So Lynch and Shanahan had not planned on this. Certainly Jed York, the owner, had not planned on it. So Lynch called York and he said, hey, I need to talk to you about something. York stopped at his house on the way to his son's, I guess, Little League game on a Saturday morning. And Lynch said, listen, I know we said we weren't going to spend much this year, but Kyle and I really want to try to get Javon Hargrave. And York said, I don't know what he said, but in essence, he said, go ahead, go do it. (coughs) And so that's a good example of how they, they work together and how much I think they respect each other. Now I'm gonna go back to 2017. So 2017 was hardly the glory days of the 49ers (laughs) drafting, okay? They ended up with the third pick in the draft after trading down from number two uh, and picked Solomon Thomas. Nice player, but certainly not worthy of the third pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. With the 31st pick in the draft, which they got in a trade, um, they pick Reuben Foster, who turned out to be close to an unmitigated disaster. So, you know, the, the fortunate thing for them is that in the third round that year, they got C.J. Beathard, who turned into a usable piece. Not a great player, but a usable player. All right. And in the fifth round, obviously, they took George Kittle. And he's turned into one of the best tight ends in football. But here's the thing I would say that that I think is really worth noting. Okay. And I think it's important. And by the way, DJ Jones that year was a good pick too. Mm -hmm. uh, In the fifth round or whatever. Also the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. But, but here's, here's the, here's the story that I wanted to tell you. At the end of that first round, it was a Thursday night. It was late. 
And I see Kyle Shanahan at the draft board and he's staring at the running back position. And I go over and the draft is over. So I just shut my mouth for like three hours or four hours, whatever it was. And now the draft (laughs) is over and I'm just flitting around the room talking to people. And I see Kyle and I said, what are you looking at? And he goes, looking at the running backs. I'm looking at this guy, Joe Williams. I said, who's Joe Williams? And he goes, well, he's a running back that got really devalued because of some problems he had in college, but I absolutely love him. And uh, he's, uh, you know, had major knocks on him uh, because of a couple of things that happened to him in college. I think he (coughs) uh, was kicked off one team because they thought he stole uh, property from a teammate. I I don't remember the exact story. Yeah. I don't remember the exact story, but, So anyway, Kyle is looking at the board and he says, I really want this guy. I I want him. But I forget, there was some color code or some dot next to him that meant he was not going to be, the 49ers had an undraftable grade on him. So, but now that he was there, now that he was still there, this was, uh, I, I should say this was Friday night now. This was after round three. So anyway, they they basically are trying to get ready for the last day of the draft. And so Kyle said, I'm going to talk to John about Joe Williams. So Kyle goes in, talks to uh, John Lynch. And the next morning, I phone Lynch and I talked to him about it. And he goes, yeah, I talked to Joe Williams on the phone today. I think he said for like 30 minutes. I really wanted to interview him. Kyle wants him, and we have to decide whether we're gonna we're gonna go for him. He had some ungodly games in college. He rushed mm-hmm. over 300 yards for Utah in the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Some, I mean, he had some mm-hmm. bizarre games, but Kyle really wanted him. The only reason I'm telling you the story, yes, they picked him in the fourth round. They sort of went against their well, we don't really think this is a draftable player. He's got some behavior things. And they went against it and they picked him. You know what I learned from that that night? John Lynch did not want to take Joe Williams. But his head coach wanted to take Joe Williams. And if Kyle Shanahan wanted to, he could have put his foot down. And he could have said, we're taking this bleeping guy. Mm -hmm. But they reached a consensus. And John Lynch said, I know this is important to Kyle. And because it's important to Kyle, we're going to do it. I I think it's important if your head coach has more of a conviction on this player than anybody on the board right now, I, I, w- I want to do this. So they ended up picking him. And you know what? He failed. That's, that's not the story. The story is that Kyle could have put his foot down and say, damn it, we're going to be taking him. But he didn't do that. He said, John, I really want to take him. And Lynch talked to him. And instead of being forced into taking him, John Lynch basically agreed with Kyle, maybe because he wanted to give this one to Kyle, but he agreed with Kyle and they picked him. That has been their working relationship. It's not a dictatorial thing from either side. And that's one of the things that, I think long-term 
uh, bodes really well for, uh, you know, for how this relationship is going to work. And, <clears throat> and look, I'm sorry to take that on a five minute sermon, but I thought the story <laughs> was worth it for you guys. Mutual respect. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Peter, yeah. this was an honor for us. Thank you so much for taking Absolutely. the time to come on the show. Sure. Hey, it was my pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot. And and good luck with the pod. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 